Welcome to episode four of Women on the Move, Behind Closed Doors podcast series. We hope you are enjoying our season one episodes, which bring you the latest insights from leading business women and entrepreneurs. I am Donnie Walford, the founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. And in today's episode, I am speaking with Michelle Sales. She's a coach, speaker, trainer, and author. Michelle is passionate about helping people tap into their true potential in leadership and life. With a background in executive and senior leadership roles in financial services, Michelle decided to establish her own business in 2012. Michelle constantly improves her own knowledge and capabilities and is currently completing her studies in positive psychology. So Michelle, so wonderful to have you in our in our first series on our podcast. We're so excited to to do one with you today. Now you've helped thousands of leaders and their teams learn to show up as their best version of themselves, to build their confidence and influence with others, and to maximize their leadership and organizational performance. So what are the three key areas people can work on to improve their confidence? Oh, thanks, Donnie. It's lovely to be here and chatting to you. Uh, I just think confidence is so important to us in life as well as in leadership. But if I can, if I can use four tips, because when I've, when I've done all of my research on confidence and, and I wrote a book on confidence. What's your book called, Michelle? I'll, I'll show it to you, even though, even though listeners can't, The Power of Real Confidence. It's a leadership book for for men and women. So I think about four key areas for confidence is how do we show up as our best self? How do we stand up with confidence? How do we speak up and have a voice and a presence? And how do we step up our ability to to lead and to do that well? Um, And so some of the things that are important in how do we show up are how do we leverage our strengths and increase our self-awareness so that we are able to really show up. By the time we're walking in the door, we're already halfway there in terms of our confidence. Standing up is, as leaders, you know, we always have the opportunity or the challenge to stand up for what we might believe in. And so it's important to be really clear on our values, our purpose, but also build resilience because when we stand up, inevitably there'll be times when we're knocked down. So the ability to get back up again with confidence is important. So you mentioned about building resilience. How important is that in going through life, going through your career in building your confidence? Does it go hand in glove? Yeah, I think they do. And, you know, the great thing about confidence is it's not something we're born with or without. Same as resilience. There are skills that we can build. There are muscles that we can build. And when we build our resilience muscle, it really supports also the work that we need to do for ourselves on on confidence. And, And like either of those elements, resilience or confidence, similar to we don't go to the gym and uh, work on kind of our, our weight and, and muscles and so forth and say, tick, I've done that. I don't have to do that again. Resilience and confidence are the same. You don't do, it's not a one-off. You do some work, you build it up and then you don't have to worry about it again. It's something we need to be always mindful of. And I love that analogy with the muscle because people people realise that if they don't 
regularly work out when they go back to exercise again or they lift different weights again that it hurts <laughs> yeah it's so much harder tell me about it I'm just doing it now <laughs> so so another thing that I'd love to hear your opinion on is what are the common mistakes that leaders make in leading people yeah it's a great question I think of leaders or leadership as a verb rather than a noun for me I think much more about how do we exercise leadership what are the acts of leadership that are important rather than thinking that you've got a title that indicates that you're in a leadership role and then that's it and so I think as we think about what does it take to exercise leadership effectively what do we need to do for ourselves to become a better leader then that's more of the important question leadership is all about connection it's all about connecting with others and to do that we have to bring our whole self to the table so you know we have to show some vulnerability we have to build trust and it's about head and about heart and I think that the common mistake can sometimes be that leadership is an intellectual only job and it's Mm. so much more than that more and more it's about the EQ not so much as the IQ and that's 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 where you're heading with with that answer. So the interesting part I, I pulled out of that answer, Michelle, was around vulnerability about it's important to show it or we must show it. Uh, in my experience, men very rarely will show their vulnerability at, at work, but even more so women. Uh, I've, I find uh, really reluctant to show their vulnerability because they see it as a, a sign of weakness. Has that been your experience? Yeah, and I think my, my experience is also that there's some deep-seated assumptions about what leadership is and what it takes to be successful. And some of those assumptions mean that it's not necessary to bring some of those aspects of yourself to experience the emotions that that we experience when we uh, are feeling vulnerable. Um, I do see a difference in the genders, but I also, I see different industries and just different upbringings can also affect that as well. But it's, it's this deep seated assumption of what we need to bring to our work as leaders. So in my opinion, influencing others is a key skill to develop for all leaders. So why do you think influencing is important? Oh, it's critical. I I totally agree. We're not exercising leadership in a bubble. You know, we're not, we have work to do. We want to make progress on key leadership aspects. And to do that, we must exercise influence and therefore have an impact to to the work that we do to the people that we lead to the organizations that we run and so I think uh, influencing is critical I think the most important skill in influencing is empathy because we need to understand others we need to understand the people that we are trying to influence what do they care about who do they care about what are they afraid of and if we start with where they're at rather than where we're at we stand a much better chance to influence. It's almost the basis of what makes a good business developer, a good salesperson, isn't it? Understand others. Don't don't necessarily sell in what you think they need or want. <laughs> ask, <Yeah>. ask them. <laughs> yes, so it's very absolutely. similar about influencing. And I guess that's what you're doing in sales, isn't it? You're influencing someone else's decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you worked uh, in corporate ro- roles yourself with many of those being in senior and executive leadership roles in financial services. 
What led you to commence your own business? Do you want the story? <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> so I always wanted to be a teacher when I oh, was so at school. Oh, we have so you? much in common. <laughs> we do. <laughs> the more we understand, the more we have in common. Um, so I always wanted to do that. And then I got into teacher's training college, as it was at the time, and thought I'll take a year off, defer for a year. And dad got me an interview in a bank. And I went and did that. And then I just loved working. So I stayed and I, I had 26 years in financial services and lots of roles. But the left brain part of me would say to you, oh, I'm passionate about great leadership. And so I started a leadership business, which is all true. But I had this experience about five years before I left the NAB where I was at the time and I was in India and there was this electrical thunderstorm going on we're in this hotel sitting on a balcony and I was having my palm read and this Indian man who was probably a hundred years old took my palm in his hand and looked at me and he said you are a teacher and it was like goosebumps and I thought oh and you know I'd had the questions open questions in my mind where do I want to take my career? Kind of always wanted to make more of a difference in the leadership space. Uh, and so now I would say I teach leadership. Oh, that's a wonderful story. So why is it important for people in business to engage a coach? Well, I think we can't do this alone. You know, we, we can't do life alone as, uh, you know, kind of at the highest level as human beings, we're wired hardwired to connect with other people and we all to be successful we need great support systems around us and I think in business which is where I do my coaching that means to help us reach our potential to help us to be the best we can be we need great people around us and I think having a coach is a is a really important part of that group of a support group having some good mentors having a great network all of those things are important but for coaching you know the tagline for my business is maximising um, potential. So I think that's what coaching is all about for me. And, and interesting, you say we, we, we don't have to do it alone. And, and in sporting teams, you, you never see a sporting team go out on the field without a, a coach. So why do we think we need to do it in business? Yeah, exactly. So you're currently studying positive psychology. What does the course cover and what, what are your key lessons from your studies and how does it help with your coaching? Good question. <laughs> I, love the pos- I love the positive psych space. I love the focus on strengths that come from the fact that you know we get much better bang for our buck when we focus on what we're great at rather than what we're not so great at and I've just noticed that this work on positive psych for me has been as much for me as an individual in developing and growing myself as it is for how I use the work with uh, with my clients we, we do some great work on on meaning, on positive engagement, on positive goal setting, on relationships. Um, so, you know, there's just, it, it's embedded in everything we do really, but it's this primary notion of focusing on what, what's great about us and what gives us energy whilst being mindful of what we're not so great at, but using, leveraging what we're great at to get better. So before positive psychology was was really even thought of, 
what you're saying is that uh, we've we've probably always set those goals. We've probably always had affirmations, but but not necessarily around the positivity of the way we think and act. Is that correct? It is. But what I didn't know was that positive psychology has been around forever. Like literally, you go right back into kind of ancient Greek times and it was their philosophy. All right. And uh, through kind of the two world wars, what happened was the focus of psychology became more about fixing people who were unwell and that that took a very different trajectory. And it took Martin Seligman, who's known as the father of positive psychology, uh, to come back and say, you know what, we've lost this focus on the positive element of psychology. It's become more about fixing the unwell. And so this is now really taking a, a much more balanced look at uh, at psychology. And I love that too. Yeah, so do I. That, that puts it into better context. So what three tips would you give women leaders to ensure that they are the best version of themselves? I always start with be true to yourself. So, you know, for, for us as, as human beings, but, you know, for women, because, you know, Donna, you and I do a lot of work with women. And I think that's got to be our starting point. Be true to yourself, build your confidence so that you can have great impact. And as I've already said, get your support system set up so you've got a great support around you. Yeah, no, three awesome tips are very similar to, to what I keep saying to women too. So hopefully between you and I and, and other people who are really um, invested in, in other women that, that we get more women um, up into those top echelons of, of business uh, because we've seen even through COVID, haven't we, Michelle, that... Uh, the female leaders around the world have really uh, shown the difference in in their styles as opposed to perhaps some of the, the, the male leaders. So finally, what do you enjoy most about facilitating behind closed doors executive groups? Because you're now doing an online group for us as well as our face-to-face executive group. Oh, I love it, Donnie. And I just think magic happens when you bring great women together. And so the, the work that you do with Behind Closed Doors brings great women together to support each other, to challenge each other, to um, help keep each other accountable and actually just re- become a really great friends and build great relationships over time. So the opportunity to be part of that is really special to me. Oh, well, Michelle, we think you're very special and, and particularly for all the value you bring and, and all those years of experience you bring from your executive roles and also in your own business and uh, focusing on leadership. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart and thanks so much for being part of our podcast series. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.